0: Hi, my name is Eric and you're listening to Accent Marks.
1: hey Eric, how's it going?
0: Good morning. Good morning to you too. I'm great, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm I, I'm good. I, you know, it's, wow, it's been ages since we've seen each other, it seems. Um, gosh, how many yeah. years do you think it's been?
0: Oh my god, um, five years, maybe? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of my what what year was that
0: trip oh man i think we're getting must have been (laughs) pre-pandemic we are getting old (laughs) yeah well it
1: definitely was pre-pandemic because um it's got to have been 2018 or 2019 one of the two Mm. right um yeah and yeah in rome yes gosh love that city right beautiful Oh, great memories. Well, <laughs> in those, like, wow, is that five years now? That, that, is, that is kind of a little mind-blowing when you think about it. Yeah. What happened to you during the pandemic? <laughs> what, during the where pandemic. have you been spending it?
0: <laughs> so I was mostly stuck in London, um, just staying inside, going for my little daily walks, uh, grocery shopping, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a very sort of simple existence. So I didn't have to worry about what I was going to do or, you know, get FOMO. People were doing things that didn't invite me. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. I saved tons of money, learned how to cook things. Um, yeah, overall, I had a great time.
1: <laughs> it's funny how that kind of withdrawal from society worked, right? Because it made. I think it made people that maybe were more social butterflies maybe realize parts of their own personality. Like I myself Mm -hmm. felt it too. Right. Because I I was like, I very much go out, you know, always want to be in social settings and Mm -hmm. then like being forced to like, okay, now you have to sit with yourself and your thoughts and you, you got to like it because what else are you going to do? It made you kind of realize those parts of your own, like personality i mm-hmm. guess
0: yeah yeah exactly um yeah it was great learning experience um and then obviously when everything opened up um it was like you know the heavens opened up and it was amazing as well
1: because um, i i believe correct me if i'm wrong but i believe the lockdowns in london were quite were quite severe right they were pretty strict in in the mm-hmm. policy correct
0: yeah, it was, Um, oh, I forget now, um, but we were only allowed, so we were allowed these things called bubbles. Um, so we had a bubble of, you know, a few people. Um, I think it was like up to six people, world of six, they called it. Because, really? you know, sometimes people live by themselves. So, you know, you can't, the idea is you can't see anyone outside of your household, but households could form bubbles um, if bubbles were under a certain amount of people. Um, and I think that's just you know, for mental health reasons, um, you know, loneliness can be a thing, um, especially in that kind of circumstance, um, that was to help combat that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes complete sense, but I guess, yeah, well, that's interesting that there was actually a formality to this bubble concept, because I think informally in the U S we did it, but also there was, there was completely given who was in charge of the country at the time there was a lot of um (laughs) there was a lot of lackadaisical management of the whole thing uh, for the most part um but uh you know it was uh it was one of those things where yeah we we did kind of form little bubbles it just wasn't i guess suggested Mm -hmm. by by Mm -hmm, the government so with those bubbles were they did you have to register or was it just kind of like on your honor
0: yeah, kind of something like that. Um, yeah, and I think at that time, as we're talking like twenty twenty early, like like Feb March kind of time when uh, COVID was just starting to sort of take hold of the world, everyone was really scared because no one knew what this new disease was. So people were really sort of following the rules and what you know the government advice was um yeah so people really kind of did stick to that
1: definitely a cultural thing too because i think the american mentality in a lot of places uh was what's this thing you're not going to tell me what to do and um you know i think that's yeah that's definitely the how the the news broke different in different societies um so yeah i mean but it's good that there was um that uh, overarching sense of you know commonality and kind of like help, trying to help mm-hmm. people and really protect yeah. yourself, but also protect others mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So tell me about your bubble. What who who is in who is in Eric's bubble?
0: Who was in my bubble? Um, so I lived in a household with one other Australian guy. um So I guess you know by nature of being in the same household, we were in the same bubble. Um, and then I would see, I had a few, a couple of other friends. They were living alone. Um, so yeah, they were all kind of, I guess, within the same sort of bubble. Um, there was a Singaporean boy named Isaac, um, Malaysian boy named Juan. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like us three were kind of like a little support group, if you will, for each other. Um, yeah, back then we were doing well. So, you know, all of these zoom meetings i don't know if you recall um everyone was doing like zoom meetings uh, quizzes and whatnot um, just to keep each other sane really um yeah
1: yeah our um our pandemic crew which was i I mean it was kind of the same crew of people that we had been hanging out with in our city you know for you know probably years before that uh but You know, maybe it was like fifteen to twenty people in total wow that's a and lot yeah yeah it was um it was it was a lot, but I mean, I don't think all those people were in the same city uh, they weren't all in Memphis, okay. but uh we did get the opportunity to kind of get together, have get togethers like really within mm-hmm. our groups, uh, yeah. but uh we would do a lot of live streaming. so we had a friend who was a dj and he would live stream for like our friends yeah okay that's really cool yeah it was it was fun it was uh it it was a good way to pass the time but yeah like you said like you kind of have to worry about people's mental states when you're Mm -hmm. not allowing them to go out and kind of be social on their own Mm -hmm. you know on their own accord so yeah 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 it's pretty interesting so um so so then pandemic eric was there working with your <sighs> your with your crew um and then you said once the once things got opened back up, London became quite the lively spot so tell tell us about yeah. that how how did how did the doors kind of blow <laughs> off
0: so um we had i think it was three lockdowns in total so after Mm. sort of you know closing and opening and closing and opening and closing and then opening again everyone was quite sick of it i think towards the end people were sort of like is this government advice you know is this the best methodology um for us um yeah so people were really questioning that and i think when they sort of announced that things could be open again people were just you know, like hungry to go out to, you know, see their friends, go to, you know, music concerts or whatever. Um, and yeah, it was no different um, from my friends as well. We we went out like a lot. We mm-hmm. went to like tons of like restaurants. We went partying. We went, yeah, I still remember. Um, we called it Freedom Day. Um, it was on a Monday when everything sort of like officially opened up and all of the clubs had parties. And obviously, we went partying, even though it was like a Monday evening. Um, You're like, I yeah. don't care.
1: I'm out. I am <laughs> exactly. doing whatever I can. Yeah.
0: Everyone was like, let's do it. Um And yeah. And then that weekend, we had like another whole string of parties as well. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, it was crazy. And that kind of held up for a good few months. <laughs> um Yeah you could feel it like everyone was just really excited the energy it was like electric people were just really happy to be out and like seeing other people um yeah in like live music venues or whatever um yeah yeah electric
1: oh man yeah there's 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 something i think in in my particular area right because we only had there was only one two-week period where we were really locked down. And that was a lot of, because of the way the population density was not as much. And, you know, in the particular place where we were, the politicians weren't very like, I guess about doing a lot of lockdowns. So, um, you know, I I saw a lot of that going on. I think a lot of us did in, you know, my area and uh, they, it, it was like, Wow, like maybe maybe it's not so bad to to be here right now because we didn't have to lock down as hard. But then to see mm. that kind of like that mental change, that kind of like I, I saw it on the news, and I was like, wow, that looks really exciting. It yeah. looks like they're having a good time over there. Um, but you know, it's um also. Also, the toll all of that took on people. I, I think we're still kind of dealing with it, right? Like, even though we had that yeah. big release and, you know, people kind of returning to normal, or really think about like the longer term impacts to people. Uh, because I think there's some, like we said, there's some good things that came out of it. Like, we learned things about ourselves and, our our ability to deal with like solitude and introspectiveness yeah. which I think some of us very much needed I know I'm definitely mm-hmm. in that camp but uh but you know the social aspect too I think it also made you appreciate what you had yeah so I think exactly. anybody who grew up through or was you know an adult through this period of time will probably look back and be like hey if there's ever any Thing that takes away my liberties and my freedom to go be with who I want and do what I want. Like I'm going to like cherish that. Right.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so you are obviously in, um, not in London right now. Um, and for those of you that are listening on the podcast, um, Eric has a lovely, um, I guess that's a painting of the Sydney opera house in the background because you are actually from, uh, Sydney, isn't that correct?
0: Yes, that's right. Um, so born and raised here. Um, and then after a while, I kind of got bored of it, I guess. And then I wanted to see what was going on in motherland. Um, so went over to London. Um, it's been about five years now. So yeah, I live in London. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: so, so you grew up in Sydney, where you call home. So, um, you know, what was, what was your like life in Sydney? Like, so how did that, obviously you mentioned going to the motherland, which we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. So that was an interesting comment that I want to touch on, but, um, you know, where, like, were you, were you more of a suburbanite, uh, more of a city dweller in Sydney mm-hmm. and, and how was that like growing up?
0: Okay, um, so I guess it was kind of both. So I grew out sort of in the suburbs, um, so out west. Um, and, but I'd spend a lot of my time in the city. Uh, that's where I worked. Um, and that's where I would always hang out as well. Um, it was kind of interesting because being back in the suburbs, um, it was kind of this, like it was almost kind of like a different world. Um, there's a lot of sort of Chinese people around my area. So you have this little sort of, Eastern bubble, I guess, if you will. Mm. Um, And then, you know, going to school, you know, obviously, you know, we all spoke English there, um, whereas I spoke uh, Cantonese at home. Um, Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of like bridging these two different worlds. Um, Yeah. So
1: you said that you spoke Cantonese at home, but English... Um, and obviously you developed because you were born in in Australia and learned English there, you uh, obviously developed an Australian accent. Um, did that, like, I guess you, I guess really from the beginning, you grew up, you know, in a Chinese household and Mm -hmm. you were, you bilingual from the beginning, right? I mean, like, so you have a Chinese accent and and Cantonese and an Australian accent in English, right? Yeah, pretty much. So in in, so uh, obviously you spend more time in English, right? And in your day-to-day mm-hmm. life and yeah. um but obviously when you're with your family, which you are right now, correct, mm-hmm. um yeah. you'll you'll be using more Cantonese. Have you noticed your accent change over the years? Like have you has one kind of influenced the other more?
0: Um, I haven't noticed it changing. Um, but I've heard that uh my my Australian accent is actually like a part of a special sort of like subset, um, so we call ourselves ABCs or Australian-born Chinese, um, okay. kind of people. And sometimes, allegedly, uh, you can tell the difference in accents between these people and let's say a Western-born, like Australian. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. that and and that's just like kind of a a. A beautiful connection right between like multiple cu- cultures right and mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's... i don't know why that is and i've never been able to sort of tell um yeah the difference.
1: <laughs> wow so is there okay so has there ever been a like an instance right obviously your your first name is eric and so um you know like maybe if somebody saw your last name they would know that it was you know a chinese last name but um mm-hmm. Do you do you like have you ever like spoken to somebody on the phone and they know or like has it been one of those things where like unless you unless you were like in person, you wouldn't necessarily know mm-hmm. or saw your last name?
0: Yeah. So um, I used to work for a call center, so I'd make calls a lot. Um and sometimes it's just talking to people and I think yeah, they they just talk to you like you're Australian. I think some I've ha- had a few comments. They yeah, literally thought I was, you know, like white australian i guess right um yeah interesting um and i even when i go traveling sometimes or whatever um you know it's like oh where are you from you know australian right. uh and then yeah. sometimes you get that oh you're australian sort of thing like
1: um, really you, like
0: don't, don't yeah. look australian right um but i sound very australian so actually uh, a lot of people sometimes they, they were like a little confused um mm. But you know, that's that's getting better these days. People are like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, all sorts yeah. of people can be born everywhere. Um
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like believe people when you when they tell you, like be mm. open and kind of understand like, yeah, we're all like there's people that look like anybody that are born all over the world every single day. Uh-huh. So um yeah. yeah that's that's so important to remember right is that like you know mm. treating it as like a not a. oh are you telling me the truth like we gotta kind of mm. come at the angle of um you know understanding and kind of believing people right and um yeah and also yeah. i think it's, it's education based as well yes
0: yeah it's just about to say that um you know it's like you can sort of show them and they meet someone like you and then next time they will think otherwise, or they may think, Oh, you know, like I, have met someone like this before. Um, that is a possibility. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I know it, especially in, you know, places where, you know, education isn't like at that high, like they may not know that like, there's a large, you know, Asian population in Australia. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's also a large pop, uh, Japanese population in Sao Paulo, for example, right? Mm. And if we spent more time, I think, educating people of like all of these historical things and just like how richly diverse the world actually is, mm-hmm. um, you know, then we wouldn't have all these stereotypes in our mind and just be like, oh, like yeah. we're just gonna look at this person and assume something yeah. about their character or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. With your with your uh background and, and growing up in Australia what did you what did you pursue kind of like in your education I don't know actually um kind of what you do uh I, I maybe this is just something weirdly that we talked about and I forgot but uh tell me about that yeah. like so what did you study and, okay. and
0: what do you do um so I went into studying commerce and science um so originally I actually wanted to be a psychologist because um, I had a large interest in sort of like human behavior, um, you know, people in general. I think, they're, I think they're weird, I think they're funky, I think they're special. Um, so I wanted to study all of that. Um, but so culturally, my mom didn't think that would be a good idea or a good career path. So she was like, you know, you should do commerce as well. You know, business is always relevant. Um, so that's what I did. And then I kind of moved into, so from within business, I moved into sort of actuarial science, which is, I guess, it's like a branch of commerce or business um, that you could study. Um, and actuarial uh, science is all about sort of like financial probability, statistics, that kind of thing. Um, so they tend to work in places like uh, insurance companies, investment banks, that kind of thing um, to help them sort of assess and price risk. Um, so that's kind of what uh, that is about. Um, so then when I graduated, uh, I kind of tried to do that for a little bit, and then I decided that that wasn't for me. So then I kind of pivoted slightly into more sort of data data analytics and data science-y kind of stuff. Um, so that's where I am currently. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a great career to be in. Especially these days where data is so important um, and everyone, you know, data this, data that, um, everything from, you know, how to collect data to how to store it, how to securely manage it, all of that. um, Yeah, it's all very, yeah, interesting.
1: So you started with like the commerce numbers and then you graduated into what I think is, you know, obviously the way of the future as well. So totally agree with you, uh, you know, with the data. So really layering on top of that, you know, how the numbers work together and then how even more diverse sets of data, you know, work together. Um, So I'm sure you get this question a lot, um, but working in data science, you've got to have an opinion on this most recent boom in AI talk. So what's your take on it? I know that's a broad question to ask. Yeah
0: but like what's your experience uh, so far um so i can't comment too much on this it's not my field of specialty but um i think it's i think it's incredible i mean the amount uh like the demos that they do that you know Chat gpt can do it's insane it's absolutely insane i think i personally think that we stand on the precipice of a new world um everything is going to be different now uh the way work is the way life is it's going to be completely different uh from here on out, and it's just going to get better um you know this this is like the starting level of yeah or where we're at um and it's only just going to get like better and better um so you know what a time to be alive (laughs) Um, so which is interesting though i think so we have a lot of sort of like you know kind of either like manual jobs or kind of like repetitive sort of work like this may sort of make all of that redundant then you know what are people going to do with what all are we going to do right. yeah i mean in a utopia everyone would just you know engage in what they want to do all of their favorite Major. hobbies all of their favorite things right yeah exactly um yeah maybe uh maybe the robots will take over and kill us all so, oh, um hopefully not but no you thought. you
1: yeah like you you raise a you know good point because i've been thinking a lot about that, right? I see the headlines and, you know, just kind of the importance of all these things. And, you know, I I think we compare it to like, uh, you know, the the rise of the internet and the rise of social media, and we're trying to compare it to things, right? And it looks Mm -hmm. and appears at least, you know, maybe it's a recency bias, but it appears to be moving at such a faster scale And it's like every day it's like, okay, well, it was GPT 3.5 and tomorrow oh, four is ready. And, you know, five will be tomorrow. It's like, I, it's almost like if it's moving this fast, like, I guess it's Maslow's law, right? Like how, how, how crazy does this bell curve look in two years, five years, 10 years?
0: Yeah. Um, um, I I this is the new arms race you know everyone every company pouring money into it
1: um, yeah i the work replacement um conversation too is one that it just fascinates me quite honestly because there is uh so many things uh to consider because it, you know as you as you start taking away maybe those human interface jobs um you know i think we kind of said it a little you know jokingly like oh like what are we going to do with our time but i think the governments and the corporations of the world like will have to figure it out like they gotta give Mm -hmm. either lower the working requirements which i think the big buzz i keep on hearing about is going to a four-day work week is kind of like the most natural first step very pro that uh
0: (laughs) i would love that as well (laughs) right like let's
1: let's change that tomorrow like let's do it because uh, it seems like
0: as long as i get the same pay though. (laughs) right
1: (laughs) yeah don't cut my pay Uh,
0: yeah no don't do that
1: but um but yeah give me an extra you know a three-day weekend uh i've been reading you know recently some studies about that and it sounds like you know the the happiness of the employees that get to participate Mm -hmm. in those programs just like you know it's like 30 40 percent more happiness at the work job that sounds quite quite nice
0: actually a lot right um right you know i mean like two day weekends doesn't seem like it's enough enough these days um yeah i don't know there's like so much going on There's like yeah everyone's very busy you know we just need more days to rest or to whatever, recharge.
1: Yeah, it's like we're being asked to do more demanding work in a smaller amount of mm-hmm. time. We might as well like ride this kind of transfer um exactly. this transfer into this more if you will um lower human interface work, right, with the mm. engagement of AI. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder what you think you could use it for in your job, like in your, in your day-to-day. Like, mm-hmm. Have you thought about ways to use it?
0: Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite revolutionary. Like, for example, you can ask it to write you a PowerPoint presentation based on something, um, and then it can do that, like, literally, you know, in no time at all. You can ask it to code for you as well, um, which is very handy, um, which which opens an entire new world. Like you don't need to have people who can code anymore; you can just tell it to write code for you, and it'll work. And you know it's reasonably accurate; it's not perfect. Um, Yeah, like that's that's groundbreaking, right? Um, Yeah, like you don't need a translator anymore; you can just yeah, for you.
1: Yeah, I haven't played around with uh the translation feature in any of these AIs, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm curious as to like how how do they pair that with a set of like fancy glasses and let me kind of like um you know, kind of like Superman vision, like kind of like live translate things. Cause I know you can do it with a phone, right? You can kind mm-hmm. of use the the camera and like look over text and have it
0: Oh yeah, you know, yeah. For, alternate reality. Yeah, yeah, or
1: I guess augmented reality, right? Where it kind of overlays on oh, yeah. our current ex- existence. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. Like, I guess the convergence of five G networks, and then mm-hmm. so to be able to process it that quickly, and then yeah. or probably who knows six G by that point, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> the the AI, and then a really cool uh, set of uh, specs on top of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. sounds like we'll have a pretty, um, pretty compelling argument.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it'll, it'll know what you want to do already before you, before you do it. So you won't even need to like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, maybe.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, I love thinking about where we're going because, you know, then maybe I'm just like more of a planner Uh, and I -hmm. just want to know like okay well what am I going to do tomorrow to like be ready for that
0: yeah Um, I guess like the way that I see it you know it makes um, it makes life easier for you know humankind right Um, like for example I know one of the things it can do is like for example you could feed this podcast into it and tell it to edit it into a I don't know a one minute clip and then it will go through the whole thing and then it will pick out the things it thinks are the most sort of like or purchase them to whatever and they would make that into a clip for you um yeah yeah it can do that
1: well don't give away my secret
0: <laughs> okay
1: you know that that could uh you know that's probably exactly what will happen and so if this ends up being a clip well now uh, cat's out of the bag as they say so okay. <laughs> <laughs> no but totally right like it, editing um you know it, a task that an assistant would do. I think a lot of those things are being filtered mm-hmm. or canned through a- AI. I think you mentioned content generation. I, mm-hmm. I've. It's like I've heard of people and you see on like TikTok and, you know, reels yeah. and things like that, people saying, oh, five yeah. tips for using your AI tools as a, you know, content yeah. generator. And that just happened. It, it was like last month. So mm-hmm. to think about how that's going to then, you know, somehow drive or transform like work in the short term, it's like, I haven't even had mm-hmm. enough time to think about my use case. So mm-hmm. somebody yeah. mentioned to me the other day that it was about asking the right questions. It so is, what do yeah, you think definitely. about the questions?
0: Um, I think there is a new, there is even a new job title that they've come up with recently. And it's about learning or knowing what the right questions are to ask, uh, this kind of AI assistant, um, yeah. And that's crazy. Um, yeah. And I think that's incredible. It's amazing, (laughs) you know, like new job descriptions don't come up of, you know, very often, I guess, um, like like new entire new fields are discovered. Um,
1: yeah. So. In uh, data science, right, and what you do in a day, day to day, right now, you're not being like your your current job doesn't require you to do any AI stuff. Do you feel like that's uh, going to start really. changing?
0: Um, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I mean, in my particular industry, um, it's still quite in its infancy, I guess, in terms of sort of in terms of data capability. Um yeah, so we probably wouldn't be looking at any fancy AI models. Um leave that to the big tech companies who have a lot more money to pour into like R and D. Um yeah.
1: Well, I know the the buzzword that and I I believe this is still a thing because I think it's all related, but uh was machine mm-hmm. learning. That's the that was kind of the one yeah. that I was more familiar with. And then AI was okay. kind of this like more distant, you know, idea, like, Ooh, we're going to get that in -hmm. the future. That's the future. And now it's like, all of a sudden, every time I turn around, it's AI and it's like, Whoa, so we're in the future. Is this what the future feels like? It's a little different than I thought it would be, but
0: Uh yeah. I mean, technically it's still not AI because AI is like artificial intelligence, right? It means it can think for itself. So, I mean, currently from, from my knowledge, the models are built on like data, lots and lots and lots of data. I was reading an article. I, it was something like they fed in like a third or half of the internet or something into, to building, you know, chat GPT-3 and that's a lot of data. Um, And so basically what it'll do, it'll analyze all of these things. So for example, um, it'll analyze uh, video clips of like podcasts. So then when you ask it to edit, um, you know, a clip into a podcast, um, it would know what to do because it has seen thousands and thousands and thousands of clips before. And you know what, and essentially that's how humans learn things as well, right? Um, you mm-hmm. know, you encounter things, you know, what's good, you know, what's not good. And essentially it's doing the same thing, uh, with the machine, except, you know, a machine, you know, you can feed it millions of videos, whereas, you know, a person probably wouldn't be able to digest that many
1: videos. Um, yeah, yeah, it can process like lifetimes of sitting in front of YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. no one mere mortal would uh, stomach doing that, but exactly. you know, you can sit the robot down and say, "Hey, you know, go do this," yeah. and it just does yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: over and over and over again until you tell it to stop.
1: The the one thing, yeah, you you touched on it, and I think the term that I've seen is a, a general um, AI or Mm -hmm. artificial general intelligence where it is able to actually come up Mm -hmm. with its own prompts and you know maybe it all feels like a little bit tomb raider right you're familiar i meant to say terminator not tomb raider um uh, skynet i believe was what it's called and you Uh know it feels like we're going towards that thing but i don't think it's Mm. as gloom and doom as people say like if that uh, the ai gets uh, sentient it's going to say humans are irrelevant and try to you know kill us yeah all. hopefully not i think it i think the future is always less um it's less exotic than people think Are it's going to be like i think 30 years ago they say we were going to have flying cars and i'm still waiting on mine um yeah personally. okay <laughs> what do you have one <laughs> no i don't unfortunately uh. Dang, I was hoping London was a little more ahead of the
0: time. I mean, all I can think of is the chaos that that's going to cause. I mean, people, some people, can't be trusted in normal cars driving around on the road. Can you imagine if we had flying cars, there would be absolute chaos in the air? Chaos. Like chaos.
1: And then cars just like flying (laughs) into people's houses. Yeah, like (laughs) everywhere,
0: anywhere. Like it's insane. I I can't imagine that. Um.
1: I'm pretty sure they that that's probably the main reason is that we're probably (laughs) we probably have it already and they're just hiding it from us because like the the powers that be are like no i think they're too dumb um they're too dumb to handle this (laughs) they're probably right
0: oh self-driving cars maybe that'd be quite cool um that's starting to get very popular in in the states um i read a lot
1: yeah. It it's been an interesting development. I mean, like even my own vehicle has uh like it, its own version of like lane correction and, and it'll kinda keep me from like veering off into the lane. it will keep me from like mm-hmm. slamming into the car in front of me, like if they stop suddenly. Yeah. So there's little that's things. Amazing. So that's so right. incredible. This is like oh, technology. It saved, me. Right? It saved mm-hmm. me in a lot of accidents, that's for sure. Yeah. Um well, you know, I just don't know if I could buy a Tesla yet. <laughs> okay. And do like the whole like hands off the wheel thing?
0: Would you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I yeah, probably not. Um, I mean, I live in London. I don't need to drive at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I so I guess that is definitely a perspective thing. Right. So if the if they um, if the environment doesn't really dictate that you need a car, then like, I guess that conversation isn't as
0: relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I I guess probably in London, would you say it's more maybe it's more relevant to uh, say, how are we going to fix the public transport or how are we going to improve yeah. what we
0: Perfect. have? Yeah. Yeah, things How like, is like that? traffic congestion, all of that. Um, I think that'd be interesting to see what these technologies will do. Mm.
1: I personally, uh, you know, I wish I lived in a city that had better public transportation. But it's almost—it almost feels like with some of these older cities, which I, I would say, London's a very old city. I'd say Sydney's mm-hmm. probably also a decently old city. Um, It almost feels like you have to rip out a bunch of things to make these newer, like transit systems.
0: Uh Um, I, I mean, a part of me doesn't know if you can do that anymore. Like London is like, it's just so, you know, it's going more and more underground. Um, yeah. Like, for example, I know some of the New York, uh, Metro system, subway system. You you can't do anything about it. And some of the exits are really funky and it's just yeah, because it's so old. Um and it'll just cost the fortune to try to rip it out and rebuild it, which is not feasible.
1: Yeah. I I I agree. I think that probably we'll have these. It's almost like the cities of the future are gonna have to be in like two tiers. It's either like a new school city with, like, all these fancy, like, you know, bells and whistles, like, futuristic transportation, and then, like, an old-school, uh, like, this is, you know, 2000s and before built cities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of, it, probably long after we're gone, right? Um, you know, yeah. hundreds
0: of years <laughs> from now,
1: there'll be, like, different um, oh. styles of cities, maybe. Well, hopefully yeah. we'll see oh, some you might of be
0: surprised. it. Yeah, we might see some of it. Um, Like, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, they're always building things. Aren't they building, um, have you heard of, is it The Line or whatever? That big yes. vertical city that's going that to run through wild. the desert. That looks insane. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So f- so for those that don't know what The Line is, describe it. Because I know what you're talking about, but I, it may yeah. not be as Is it called,
0: called The I'm Line? Thinking. I don't even know what it's called. Essentially, they're calling it a vertical city. Um, so it's just basically—I don't know how many kilometers it runs. Basically, it's a self-contained city that runs throughout the desert, and it's like just one big long
1: flat, wall, right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: whatever.
1: I think it's like a it, the way that I I saw the pictures of it, right? And it's like it's like if you built a wall that has mirrors on both sides, so <laughs> mirrors on both sides. And then it's basically two... It's like a sandwich. So it has like an ecosystem in the middle. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like apartments and restaurants and like walking trails and stuff in the middle. But it's like Mm -hmm. long as hell. Like I... And apparently the way that they're designing it with the mirrors is like to kind of like have it almost disappear into the like Mm -hmm. environment, which is pretty wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would you live um, in mean, the line? um why not? I don't think I could afford it. It looks like it's something which is like very exclusive um but I mean it's incredible you know they're trying to apply all of you know all of the latest you know developments and technologies in everything from like you know bio research to like you know engineering um it's cre- it's just incredible um so that's what you were talking about right like a new city like when you actually Build an entire new city or whatever from scratch. You can build it literally from the ground up or below ground. And you can plan it, make sure it's completely, you know, like urbanized and modern, um, but also allow for it to, you know, grow and build more. As, you know, whereas, you know, I imagine a city like London, you know, like they kind of built it at first and then it's like adding and tacking things on towards the end as they needed things. So sometimes you can't just rehaul the whole thing. um, That just,
1: doesn't work yeah yeah unless unless somebody like unless a disaster like leveled it you know there's not an opportunity like let's hope that doesn't happen but um -hmm. yeah i i think i think that you know it may end up being a generational thing right where maybe people like when we're in our 60s and 70s for example Mm -hmm. that we may prefer to live in an old-style city because that's what we are comfortable with. That's mm-hmm. what we grew up around, and then maybe yeah. the younger generations—they say, "Hey, we're going to opt for these like shiny new kind of like mega, hyper technological mm-hmm. cities." You know, yeah. I wonder if that mm-hmm. uh, probably. Maybe, oh, maybe we'll just visit the line. Right. We'll go shopping Maybe. in the line, Maybe. and then we'll yeah. then we'll fly back to London and, and, and hang out there. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, that's so where that you keep good. your residency. <laughs> sounds good.
0: Yeah.
1: You mentioned something earlier that I wanted to circle back to, okay. uh, where you kind of uh, you obviously said you grew up in Sydney, but that you you went to visit the motherland. So, can yeah. you speak a little bit to the relationship of Australia with the United Kingdom? Because I think a lot of us that don't, like, aren't from there like, don't understand how too, mm-hmm. like, close the two countries are and how, yeah. how that history feels almost different than the way that the U.S. and, mm-hmm. and the U.K. are with each other, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so tell, what's your perspective on it? How's that relationship?
0: Um, I mean, essentially, was, Australia was formed because the um, U.K. wanted to send a bunch of <laughs> convicts uh sort of criminals there um and that's how yeah essentially in a nutshell that's how australia was formed um it was a sort of convict uh colony a penal Um, colony i think it's the mm, yeah one of the terms yep um yeah so that's why i guess kind of like motherland you know originally (laughs) where they're from um and i sort of you know use that term jokingly um yeah to describe the relationship um yeah
1: but there is as an Australian citizen right you do have a the ability uh to this day right to pretty freely uh immigrate or um uh stay and work in in the u k is that right
0: um so they have uh like for example um a working holiday uh visa which is easy to get from you know from either side to go and work and live in the other um uh, but yeah, um, they—I guess—they are trying to make it more freely uh, that you can sort of like freely move between the countries. Um, I think that occurs for a lot of the sort of Commonwealth countries that are still existing. Um, yeah.
1: So, do you—is there still a direct? Um, and and again, I'm I'm a little bit uh, naive on the Commonwealth and kind of the relationship to. The monarchy and things like that so what's the relationship as like the head of, of state is that still in effect uh with australia or is that kind of looser or what does that look like today
0: mm-hmm. um so it's more of a ceremonial role uh these days um so the head of state of australia is technically the governor general which is the representative of the queen of the king now i guess um mm-hmm. but yeah it's more of a ceremonial role uh the prime minister um, of Australia is essentially the big boss, um, yeah.
1: But still, yeah, yeah. still, it, it, it's kind of almost like I in in the US. It's like we still have, I guess, by and large, not everybody, but everybody has a, a kind of curiosity or a fascination with, you know, the UK, and there's obviously a a history there, right? There was an independence okay. movement, at, for those that don't remember. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that there's that relationship still to this day with Australia, I guess just because the history is quite different, right? Was there an actual independence war? I, I Wow, this is really showing my naivety, right? I don't actually know that.
0: Um, uh, independence war? No, not really. So we're technically still part. Um, of the Commonwealth and under the rule of the Queen, King, sorry, <laughs> Queen. Yeah, um, well, it's hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there has been talks of sort of becoming independent. Um, I Yeah, I don't think that really sort of took off. We did have a referendum, I don't know, twenty thirty years ago, maybe you don't know that, to see whether or not we should become a republic, uh, like Australia becoming a republic. Um, that didn't have enough support but I'm thinking now that, you know, uh, Lizzie, you know, the second is gone. Um, that, that may pick up some more traction, um, potentially.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, that would be interesting to see, you know, if the change in, in the monarchy role, like does affect or, you know, over time, like mm-hmm. I think it's still maybe too recent for people to have a super yeah. big opinion. But I
0: mean, she was very well loved, um, here. Um, yeah, it's very, very well loved here. Everywhere, I think everyone loved her.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, there, there's definitely not an everywhere love. I think in the U.S., it's interesting how split it was. I didn't, I guess, until she passed, I didn't realize that she was as divisive as a figure. Maybe because I didn't have a super strong opinion myself. Okay. Uh, but I guess there was just, you know, there's some obviously viewpoints that uh with the rule of the you know the british monarchy and in in the past right i don't think that is a reflection of today but that there was problems or there was um negative yeah. feelings right so but okay. yeah. it was weird because in the states i didn't feel like people would have as high of an opinion and so it was a okay. lot more of a mixed bag than i was anticipating mm-hmm. okay. past. yeah um mm. so okay. hmm. but i don't i don't think i don't believe the irish are too fond of um of of the british rule in general so i think there's definitely some people that are not um don't mm. have a very high opinion but um yeah. well i guess we're not here to <laughs> discuss the the <laughs> in the very complicated politics right across yeah mm-hmm. um across the world but uh, not things that we will solve today, anyways. Uh, well, good. Well, you uh, could ask so,
0: our AI assistant that. Maybe they will. <laughs> oh gosh,
1: yeah, I bet. I bet that would. I guess it would depend on who made the AI. Well, like mm, what? Right. I do. I do think about that. Kind of circling back, right? Like there are people that are building these things, right? And they do. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, if it's kind of not. Most of these are a black box, right? So yeah. if you have actual people that code these things and without government, I guess, or maybe some type of like universal standard, which mm-hmm. I don't believe there is yet, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, yeah, it's a fascinating question because then it's yeah, like who yeah. gets to decide what the AI is going to spit back to you mm-hmm. when you ask a question like that.
0: Yeah. And now you're in the complicated field of ethics.
1: Ah, yes. Ethics. Do you do you deal with ethics in your role at all?
0: Uh, not really. But um, so in Europe, um, there are some very, not very stringent, but um, guidelines that you have to follow about things like data, people, that kind of stuff, um, and which is which is good. Like data privacy, data governance, all of that. Um, yeah, it's a big thing over there.
1: Yeah, I I know in in what I work in, sometimes we have a uh, we have to consider the difference in the data policies in Europe, and mm-hmm. that's it's interesting that that's not more of a standardized thing. I think maybe we'll get there. And AI, yeah. the advent of AI, I think is going to make everybody kind mm-hmm. of take a step back and yeah. say, like, whoa, how are we going to deal with this thing? Or should we? Yeah. Should we just let it yeah,
0: run free? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is important, which is why the EU came together to form these guidelines. Um, it's called GDPR regulation. Mm-hmm.
1: What that global data? Oh, uh, I know it's global data I, I, something. Maybe I, sorry, GDPR. No, the acronym,
0: you have to look it up yourself. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> now I feel like I should have known that. Oh, somebody from work is going to be like, you don't, you couldn't remember the acronym? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it is what General
0: it data, something PR, uh, I don't know. I, don't know. Uh,
1: I, might, I might have to edit in the correct. That's <laughs> okay. what I'll do. That's what I'll do. I'll just edit in the correct response. So I'm going to drop in the right response here. i note GDPR stands for General Data Protection Regulation. It's the EU's legal framework that determines how businesses can legally process personal information. anyways so, <laughs> thanks for indulging me on that great tangent um so i think we've talked about what we've talked about everything from uh the the how was australia uh, founded to ai to yeah oh flying
0: cars um flying cars yeah we're talking, we spoke about
1: the line
0: of the futures of the city yeah
1: um wow so what about um what are your hobbies these days? I feel like, I'd, I don't know, besides, besides being a smart gentleman and, and a city <laughs> dweller these days in London, what do you do for fun?
0: Um, so I fancy myself an amateur dancer. So I've been doing that. Uh, that's been very really fun. I love dancing kind of like hip hop street style. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, it keeps me fit, uh, keeps me active, I guess sort of taken up bouldering, Um, that's quite fun too. I go with a good friend of mine in London. He's very good. Um, So that's always (laughs) so he helping me out. Um, Yeah, cooking, I love cooking, love eating as well. Um, uh, Being back in city, I have the luxury of asking my family to teach me some of their sort of traditional family recipes, uh, which is quite nice, yeah.
1: Have you found uh, a new favorite re- recipe to take back with you?
0: Uh, not really. Cause so, I mean, these uh, they would cook these. So when I was growing up, they would make these sort of dishes. So then, you know, it's me sort of about learning how to make these dishes that I used to love when I was a kid.
1: Mm. Well, that's yeah. nice. A little nostalgia. Mm,
0: exactly. That's awesome.
1: Well, good luck on your cooking journey. You'll have to report yeah. back <laughs> and let us know what you learned how to cook. Uh, okay. So now, now, now it's going to be, I'm going to check in with you and we're going to find out <laughs> okay. what did Eric learn how to cook? Because yeah. you're, then you're going to have to teach me because I love to le- okay. learn some new dishes. So,
0: okay. So.
1: All right. Well, good. I, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the dancing thing because I was scrolling through your feed the other day and I saw somebody <laughs> doing a very fierce drop on the dance floor. You probably know what I'm talking about um mm, uh, but you're i think i think you read at a, like a festival, maybe, and you just yeah. did a you dropped right into the splits that yeah is...
0: something like that <laughs> <laughs>
1: how did you how did you learn to do that? That seems like a very um, acrobatic skill
0: i I don't know, I just realized I could do that a couple of years ago, um so I'm naturally a little bit more flexible than the average person, so that I know um but yeah and i think you know the more you know doing things like dancing doing things like bouldering and doing other things you kind of just sort of work your body you kind of stretch um more and yeah it just gets more more nimble more flexible yeah it's about
1: well very body, good i, I mean <laughs> i saw it and i was like i i mean i knew he loved to dance but that is a really impressive skill um <laughs> That's the, that's definitely a very high, a very in-demand party trick. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Do your friends ask you to do it on on command? Like they're like,
0: Eric, do the thing. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. But I try not to do too much because then it loses its impact, right?
1: Ah, yes. It's all about the delivery moment, right? You can't exactly. use all your goodies at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> very good. Well, um, you know. With that, I think uh I think it's time for us to do a little bit of reading, shall we? Okay. Okay. Sure. Well, you should have the uh readings there in front of you. So um mm-hmm. when you're ready, uh go ahead and read the first paragraph.
0: Okay. <clears throat> The human voice can create splendid music with songs of the joy, zest and flavour of life. Throughout time, we have used speech to paint our shared vision for the globe. We try to play fair, swear to be honest and protect the earth. But in the screenplay, there is a clear problem. When we choose to make up our own slice of reality, every dream starts to find strength and blaze with potential. We don't think to gain the support of other groups, and afterthought, we should look to mend. Allow yourself to spring forward and greet everyone with the best smile you have. Strive to break free because the sky's the limit. Go onward, upward, and with great vigor.
1: Good job. All right. Uh, So when you're ready, uh, you can go ahead and read uh, paragraph number two.
0: Okay. Please call Stella. Ask her to bring these things with her from the store. Six spoons of fresh snow peas five thick slabs of blue cheese, and maybe a snack for her brother, Bob. We also need a small plastic snake and a big toy frog for the kids. She can scoop these things into three red bags, and we will go meet her Wednesday at the train station.
1: Very good. Very good. Great. uh, Great reading voice, by the way. Uh, So what did you think about those paragraphs?
0: Um. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the, I mean, paragraph two is certainly quirky. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're both designed uh, to get all of the sounds of the English language. So uh, okay. the, the second one was one designed by a professor. Uh, and the first one was uh, designed by me uh, for this project. So it's kind of something unique okay. and something that every uh, uh, guest that I'm having on the show uh, gets to read. So it's kind of going to be cool to go back and, you know, listen to those side by side and awesome. okay. mix them together. So yeah. Awesome. So next are the accent tag words. So when you're ready, you have a list of words. You read them one by one. Uh, feel free to to take your time. And if you come across one and you're like, Hey, there's actually two ways or three ways that I say this one. Yeah. Um, or any stories that you think of, feel free. But when you're ready, go ahead.
0: Okay. Ant, Roof, Route, Wash, Oil, Theater, Iron, Salmon, Caramel, Fire, Water, Shore, Data, Ruin, Crayon, New Orleans, Pecan, both, again, probably Spitting Image, Alabama, lawyer, coupon, mayonnaise, syrup, pajamas, court, naturally, aluminum, envelope, tournament.
1: Great job. You know, what's interesting is uh the, I believe, and I, I want to ask you this because I think, I think that I'm not hallucinating here, but I believe the way I have it spelled out there is the American version of aluminum, right? So we say aluminum. And yeah. you said aluminium. Is it yeah. Isn't it spelled differently?
0: Uh, it's actually spelled aluminium. Yeah. It actually so says I'm, aluminium
1: there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So maybe it's, it's spelled in the version that you say, and our version yeah. is spelled differently. But yeah, it's interesting because that, you know, I, we, I was just speaking earlier today um, with... Uh-huh my uh my friend from uh from london and uh sorry from the south of england and yeah. uh he also used aluminium uh as well okay. so interesting yeah. that you yeah, that's i guess something that obviously the closeness between the two countries that was uh
0: yeah that... uh, so in australia we say aluminium as well also two other words i noticed um usually are uh, contentious in the way we pronounce uh there's root or route and there's also data and data (laughs) Um, ah yes yeah
1: so what do with route or root oh man i i think i that one's contentious for me too because i feel like Mm. in different circumstances i'll use either one right yeah and probably the same with data as well so what what's your take on that
0: um so in terms of data so everyone says data uh only in australia they will say date no data they'll say data everywhere else i think or in the uk we they'll say they'll say data rather than data (laughs) um
1: yeah i think the american version is more typical to say data yeah yeah. yeah, data. I think. Oh man, but I think it is one of those data. weird ones where it just. Mm. Some people use it pretty interchangeably. I feel like I use yeah. it fairly I, inter- yeah.
0: interchangeably. I think I feel like if you say data, people look at you weird. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like uh, there's got to be some science behind that linguistically. Like if it's a, a compound word yeah. or something like that, you're more likely to use data uh, than mm. data. Maybe the pronunciation of the T is a little bit more in data. Hmm. Maybe that's like if if your accent in particular uses more T's um, Hmm. and you're less likely to drop a vowel or, sorry, a consonant. Maybe that's something. Hmm. I need to get Hmm. my linguistics experts on here. Uh, so okay. those of you that are listening that are linguistic experts, this is a call out to please uh, get in touch. And let's let's talk about the technicality of some of these words. Um, route and root. Same same for me. Hmm. That one. Root, I think, is more common in the south of the United States than route. OK, um, yeah. I feel I like route sounds more formal. Here.
0: Yeah. OK.
1: Do you yeah. think that is one more com- common in Australia than the UK?
0: Yeah, I can't remember which one. And then in the UK, is also one more common. I can't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, there you go. So, Well, good. Uh, so the next part is the accent tag questions. And this is actually a list of questions that you do not have. Uh, so you're okay. going to provide uh, what you think is the most common word that you use for the particular item that's being mentioned. So, okay, uh, we'll go ahead and do the one. So just the first thing that comes to mind, and if you don't have a word, that's fine. We can talk it out. Uh, but okay. the first question is what is it called when you throw toilet paper on a house?
0: Throw a toilet paper on a house. Um, I don't know. So, are you are you looking for like a sound or like the word for the action of it or
1: like the word for the the action? Yes.
0: I don't know. This one's oddly specific. Um, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Uh, so uh, sometimes uh, it, it's called teepeeing or toilet papering, like a house uh, rolling think... a house.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And I think it. I think this one's more common in the U.S. So I think there's going to be some okay. of those. <laughs> okay. So the next one is: What is the bug that when you touch it, it curls into a ball?
0: This uh, also maybe. An, an, an armadillo, an echidna. Armadillo.
1: So it's interesting because uh, it is uh, not. So this is another thing I got in, uh I got uh, educated on today. So the bug, so insect, right, that would be oh, insect. Yeah, that that okay. would be that. is is has the I guess scientific name does use the term armadillo. Um I forget okay. exactly what the the genus and species is, but um the the term in the US has been uh, pill bug or roly poly. Okay. So, do okay. you have, have do you have any recollection of that insect? Is that
0: uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, don't know if we have them over here. We might.
1: Well, I think you have much more scary bugs in Australia. Um, yeah, that's. What's the concern. scariest bug that uh, you can tell me about?
0: Yeah, scariest bug? I don't know. All the spiders are quite can be quite scary, right?
1: Um, how big? How how big are you? Some of them can be
0: massive, like size of my head, as you can see. <laughs>
1: size of your head? Oh, yeah. Well,
0: including legs, not just the body. That would be crazy. Um, but yeah, there's also all sorts of like crazy things. Um, Ugh,
1: yeah, uh, I'm not. I don't do very well with um, bugs in general. Yeah. So, next question is: What is the bubbly, carbonated drink called?
0: Uh, soda, soft drink. Yeah, we'd call it soft drink in Australia. Yeah,
1: very good. Uh, what do you call gym
0: shoes? Gym shoes. Uh, sneakers.
1: Sneakers. Very good. Yeah. Um, what do you say to address a
0: group of people? Uh, to address a group of people. Um, I don't know to close them. Oh to... no,
1: sorry. To address.
0: Oh, address. Um. To Um. <laughs> to address to announce.
1: So to... so the the term usually refers to um, like how you would call that group of people. So like, would you say um you all would you say um you guys oh. would you say um you people i don't know that there might be other <laughs> I, in the south yeah, we i'd be like, all
0: yeah okay i'd be like hey <laughs> hey <laughs> hey guys um yeah that's what i would say
1: hey everyone uh, right something
0: like that yeah hey hey everyone yeah
1: good uh the next question is, and this is another bug question, so don't feel bad if you okay. don't have this bug uh, where, you, okay. where you are, where, or, or if you're not familiar with it, but what do you call this kind of spider or spider-like creature that has an oval-shaped body and extremely long legs?
0: Long legs? Just long yeah, legs? Daddy, um, There's a spider species called daddy long legs. I don't know. Um, it's making me think of that.
1: That would be it. Okay. Yep. I think there's some people that have a colloquial term for that. So, okay. if you have See. not a colloquial term, then that might, you know, not be a thing. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, so what do you call your grandparents? Uh,
0: so we, um, so I call ah uh, <laughs> and Gong Gong, but that's kind of like Chinese. Um Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, that's that I mean that's what you call them. That's great. Mm-hmm. Gongon, is yeah. that was it? Is that the Yeah, term for is grandpa?
0: Yeah. Uh Papa is grandmother.
1: Oh, okay, got it. Well I'm glad it clarified that. So I thought it was Papa and then you know mm-hmm. So Papa is grandmother and Gongon is yeah. grandmother. Sorry, grandfather. Uh,
0: yeah, so gra- so grandma is Papa. And grandfather is Gong Gong.
1: Very good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, I learned some. I learned some Chinese today. Thank you.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> so, uh, what do you call the wheeled contraption in which you carry groceries at the supermarket?
0: Um, shopping trolley.
1: Shopping trolley. Yeah. What do you call it when it rains outside while the sun is shining?
0: Uh, it's raining outside while the sun is shining. Um, I don't know. Summer rain, I don't mm. know.
1: yeah. It, it sometimes, I guess, there are, uh, again, kind of like regional terms for that. So if you have nothing, uh-huh. then you know that's the answer.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, sorry.
1: Uh, what do you call, uh, the thing you change the TV channel with?
0: Uh, a control remote control.
1: Very good. And then the last question is, what do you call standing to wait for something? You usually stand one after the other, like to check out at a store or to enter a building. Ah. QE? And there you go. Well, that's the last question in our okay. uh, accent question <laughs> yeah you're like oh that's done uh yeah good well thanks for for sharing uh and then the last thing that we would do is do a reading and uh you don't have a reading today but obviously if you have one uh feel free to send me that uh, later. Okay. Um but with that we're done. And so thank awesome. you very good much time. for your time today, Eric. It was awesome catching back up with
0: you. Um any yeah.
1: last words for the listeners
0: No, um, yeah, that was really fun. I enjoyed chatting to you. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Well, again, if you think of anything else, let me know. And other than that, uh, thank you for your time. Take
0: care. No worries. Um, Thanks for having me. (laughs)